I started um, asking myself, are the things that I wanted um, really right for me? And it's not even the really old traditional model of like go to school, you know, get married, get a get a home or get a high paying job. Like at that time, it wasn't even in that radar. I was like, you know, the digital nomad life was what I was trying to strive for, which is just another trend of of how we're supposed to feel successful um, in our generation. Entrepreneurship path, like, you know, if you have a great idea or, you know, you find your passion, quote unquote, you should turn into a business. Like that's what everybody's like saying nowadays, right? And if you're not turning into a business, like what are you doing? Working nine to five, slaving away like a sheep? Like that's some terrible lingo. And I realized I'm like, when did I choose that uh, narrative? I didn't choose that narrative. And like, who is someone to tell me like what's going to be best for the way that I am and the combination of how I, I make it? We're here to redefine success, to inspire diverse work cultures and life purposes. Only authentic stories are shared here. Real lived experiences of making it. I'm your host, Jocelyn Lee. Let's dive in. So welcome back to the third episode. I feel like I might have jumped the gun and started talking about making it without really describing what it is and why I decided to create this podcast for it. Well, it really needs to start with my own story. And that goes actually way back. I've always had a really curious um, mind about why things were the way they were. And I had no problem asking questions about challenging things that we thought we knew to be set in stone or true. And it all kind of began when I was a little girl growing up in Richmond, BC, Canada, close to Vancouver, just right outside near the airport um, island. <laughs> and I feel like it needs to begin with um, how I grew up. So my family is Chinese. I was born in Hong Kong, but I left and went to Canada with my family when I was just a baby. I was six months old. So pretty much as Canadian as it gets. Yet at the same time, I grew up with two very unique perspectives and I had my own kind of in between. I think a really wonderful way to, you know, um, show how unique my household was in this way was that when people used to ask me like, you know, what, what beliefs do I have? Well, I was like, or, or what do I believe in? Well, I said I grew up with a mom who was Buddhist and a father who was Catholic. And at home, there would be these two shelves um, in the living room. On the left, the big shelf and at the top, we have Jesus Christ, we have Mother Mary. And on the right side, there would be my mom's shelf where you'd see Kuan Yin, uh, the goddess of mercy and incense and oranges uh, given as offerings at the top. And then in between, somewhere in the middle, was what I believed in. And it was the television. And my religion, you could say that time, was Homer Simpson. And just watching that after school almost every day. I need the schedule in and out. That was my um, textbook. That was my holy scripture, you could say. So this very interesting mix of um, pop culture 
a very Western point of view, if you could say, and a very Eastern point of view. Um, so I struggled with this fitting in the box of, well, how am I supposed to be and where do, where do I fit in and what am I supposed to do? You know, philosophy, politics, um, religion were conversations that were always welcome at the dinner table, which also made um, this curious mind very um, fitting. Fast forward and uh, in school, you know, I did really well. Um, for a while, it was like kind of like in the A's. And then I was like, you know what, I think I can just coast on a steady B. So I was pretty like a steady B student, you know, gone to university um, on my first first try. We didn't have a lot of money, but, you know, I just gave it a shot. I was ready to go to uh, like college and then switch over. But I also struggled with like wanting to pursue something different, you know, that wasn't kind of in this uh, traditional path. And I actually had really wanted to be an actress growing up. But it was like, why would you be an actress? You know, the usual like, how are you going to survive? How are you going to make it? I mean, that's still a question people get asked today. Um, whereas, you know, now it's more like, what, you're going to be a YouTuber? <laughs> so, you know, I, but I always kind of wanted to test that at one point. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a makeup artist, you know, before it was even like, a cool thing to do and then along the way um, I actually did um, go to an agency and and get signed but I was actually too lazy and a little bit broke and was unwilling to spend like $300 for um, headshots at the time so I was like you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna not sure what I'm gonna do so I'm gonna go to school and how I actually went to school and what I decided to study was because I went to see my um, elementary school teacher. I love my teachers. My teachers are some of the best influences on me. And there are some that I particularly trusted very much. And this woman who was my grade seven teacher, Mrs. Lavery, I went to go talk to her. I went to tell her how, you know, I was really confused. She was someone I could be vulnerable with. I could cry. I could share my insecurities. And I really trusted that she, you know, had her the best interest for me and that she would look out for me. So, you know, I always bared myself in front of her. Um, and, you know, she told me, so, you know what, I think you'd really like to study communications. I was like, okay. And that was it. Honestly, applied for it. Boom. Here we go. But along the way, um, you know, I studied communications with a minor in sociology. I also became very much exposed to a lot of um, injustices about how you know, structures are made socially and who has to follow them and why, all based on the sense of security um, and uh, prolonging someone else's interests over yours. So maybe, you know, it definitely made me very frustrated and started questioning a lot about how things were done. And then finally on my path, um, I came across the fact that I was spiritually impoverished uh, though I might have been, you know, you know, materially quite, quite good. I'm in a good country, you know, I was, you know, making money as a server, um, you know, just like pretty average, like, but what, you know, doing well. And I realized I needed to find a bigger purpose for myself of what I was doing with my time, you know, without getting into all the details of this journey, you know, I also struggled with depression and um, serious, serious depression of, of not understanding that that was coming from not really understanding a point of why I was here. That sense of purpose. 
So once I had discovered Reiki at this time, I came home and I was uh, distraught. I was applying for all these uh, jobs I was not qualified for after graduation. And um, I was like fed up. And I was like, you know what? This is, the, this is all I know for sure. I'm going to learn this and go from here. Learned it. You know, I just felt so filled with um, clarity and, and direction and purpose. I was like, I'm going to start my own business. So I was working part-time as a server while starting it up, you know, from a month that I learned it, I, you know, found out how to make my own website and just boom, got it going. And at that time I was like, I know I need to leave the restaurant industry right now. Like I got to go. They call it the golden handcuffs because, you know, you can make so much cash that you kind of don't want to leave. You're like, well, you know, you're making more than, you know, some other people like, and you have flexible hours. It was, it was really hard to give up until I um, met my, what I called my friend tour. He's like my friend and my mentor, uh, John Lovelace, one of the greatest people I know. And I used to serve him when he would come after work and we would talk. And then he was like, you know what, uh, like, what are you studying? And I told him and he's like, do you want to like work for me? I was like, yep. That was it. That was all it took. It was like, yep. All right, let's go. And it was so synchronistic. At the time, I was like just about to learn uh, Reiki. And I was really wanting to stand up for that side of me to not hide that side of me and really um, have people, you know, choose to work with me or uh, know me with this side. So, you know, when his, uh, his partner called uh, Georgia, who is also an amazing woman, um, she's like, oh, can we set up this interview, uh, like the next couple of days? And I was just like, you know, okay, here we go. It's like, I cannot because I'm learning Reiki. You know, I was like sweating, probably just like worried, like, oh my gosh, is she going to understand? She was like, okay, yeah, no problem. We'll just see you like, you know, when you're done. I was like, all right, cool. And so we had the interview and the funny thing was John, uh, like said, it's great. We'll see you like on Monday or something. And then he left. And as soon as he left, Georgia looks at me and goes, I know Reiki too. And I was just blown away, you know, blown away by the alignment of mm, this path I had chosen, you know, sometimes out of uh, desperation. And it was great. I was working with him part time. He was the one who taught me um, so much about business and my own talents and abilities and, and what I was kind of made of before I even really knew. This was my really first like, you know, working experience. I was like in an office. I was like, oh my God, you know, I wasn't in like a serving industry anymore. It was like a whole new world um, with real estate and, you know, entrepreneurship. And he told me that, you know, he's like, you should be a contractor. You'll make a little more money. You can have your own business. You can, you know, choose your hours. And I was like, okay. Like I didn't really know. I was like, okay, that sounds good. And little did I know that offered me so much um, time and faith in myself and that's how I was able to start my business on the side and I just never knew anything different I never went to the corporate world you know I I didn't have to climb a ladder I was you know in a way building my own and things were going well you know in the second year I moved from out of my bedroom uh, where I was doing my sessions to a little office you know at the time there was also a website called uh, Spirit Science before I went a little kooky and I would put articles out there and people would find me on Google. Like it was super cool. I was selling crystals on like, you know, before, you know, it became like a huge, you know, separate industry on Instagram. 
Um, and I was doing like mentoring and coaching, like I was doing a lot and it felt amazing that I was kind of in this, um, control of my, my purpose, you could say. And John was just a wonderful example of like, you know, not taking business too seriously and always reminding me that, um, if it's not fun, it's not, it's not worth doing it. And at one point he acquired, um, to run as the general manager, this huge, amazing ranch called the Flying U Ranch. For any horse lovers out there, it is a massive guest ranch with um, over like 70,000 acres and one of the last uh, horse riding locations where you can ride without a guide and these cabins are 100 years old and it was very multi-dimensional business and at the same time he was doing other real estate and at one point he was also selling off his um, video production company that he used to have when he was the host of this television show and it was amazing um, because he made me see all these different things you could be filling um, your sense of like curiosity with and your interests with and you know, one moment it's like, okay, I need a website. I was like, I don't know how to make a website. He's like, Google it. You can figure it out. And he was the one who really like made me see the power of apps. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but this was like almost like six, seven years ago. And he was just like, you know, you can Google everything. And he's like, you're smart. You're quick. You'll figure it out. And of course I made some mistakes, but he was right. Like most of the way, like if I knew how to Google the right question, and even if I didn't, if I just spent a little bit of time, like, you know, um, looking around, I could pretty much figure out how to do anything if I gave the time um, and uh, determination to it. So he taught me so, so, so much. And it wasn't until where, you know, making it this, this uh, journey really kind of began to take a new shape, even though I was already walking towards this, uh, you know, horizon you could say was when I met my present beloved life partner Julian and it was at a time where I was getting a little bit like stagnant you know I was like I wanted to grow my business I like didn't really know how I wouldn't say that was my skill at that time of like understanding how to do this without all these like you know like money trauma and just like you know ignorance and fear around it and I wasn't willing to ask the right questions. And I was like, you know what? I just know I need a new website. It would be really nice if someone could help me just like redesign that because so many people were finding me through um, online. And I was at a party and I met him. And he was the first Scandinavian person I ever met. And I was like, oh my God, it's another sign because I was about to go to Norway um, in like a week from when I met him. And I was like, oh, how perfect. Like now I can, you know, you, my, with my curiosity, like now I can go talk to someone who's Danish. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> and long story short, when I started talking to him, he told me that he was a web developer. I was like, no way. And uh, at the end of it, he's like, well, I'd really like to help you with your business. And so began this really crazy journey of, further unpacking this idea of making it when we when we decided to be together he said you know what we got to get out of here we got to get out of this town he doesn't talk like this by the way I'm this is me <laughs> this is me giving him how I hear him in my head um he was like we got to get out of here you know what like the wages are just like too low the ceiling is like this glass ceiling is just so hard to break over us 
you know, uh, rent and living is just so high. Let's like give this digital nomad life a try. And I was like, huh, you know what? I always wanted to travel more. And, you know, especially while I was, you know, just had less responsibilities, even though I had a dog side story, John took my dog in and they are literally soulmates. So it could not have been a better pairing, but you know, I, I pretty much was, you know, not tied to anything except my sentiments. So I was like, you know what? Okay, let's do it. You know, if someone wants to go do it with me, this is the perfect time to go do it. Let's do it. I'll figure it out. And it was like the hardest choice to leave my friends, a business that I just started building up, you know, any idea of a reputation, um, any sort of support and really letting my identity like begin to dissolve so that I can make room for a new one. I did not know the unraveling that this journey would begin for me. And at one point I got really like sick on our travels, pretty much almost like right away since we left. We didn't leave for like maybe another six months, but we landed in Costa Rica. And I also have uh, eczema that can break out from severe uh, allergies to mold and things like this. And living in an open casita in the jungle probably doesn't help. Uh, in addition to a really powerful ayahuasca ceremony where, you know, I really invited the transformation to happen. And, you know, without getting into that story this time, um, I could really feel I was like shedding my skin, you know, pun intended. Um, I was becoming something else along that path of that struggle. Um, when I really had so much of me stripped away, I was beginning to ask myself this question of, wait a minute, if you're not able to work, you're physically ill, you can't do something. Literally, there'd be days I could barely even get up to brush my teeth. Um, Who are you? Who are you if you're not working? And that was one of the hardest emotionally charged questions to unravel. And it unraveled me big time, especially when so much of what I do is how I identify myself and even more mm, painfully how much I get a sense of self-worth from and this is kind of one of the basis of uh, making it this idea of redefining success um, work culture and life purpose is how do we we how have how have we grown up weaving these pieces together as part of who we are So I tried to work regardless of being, you know, weak and ill. I was like desperate, you know, like, no, 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 no. Like I am like a person who does things, you know, mover and shaker. I have such a strong will. If, if I want something, uh, like I want to make it happen. All these sayings begin popping up, you know, I never really noticed them before and how they affected uh, the choices I made in life, my my own sense of like accomplishment, um, happiness, and worry, which was a big one, a sense of safety. And long story short, I could just not like really pick any anything up and, and really drive it, drive it home. All these old tactics weren't working anymore. You know, this like willfulness or AKA, you know, drive until you burn out. It just wasn't working anymore. So I was like, oh man, I got to figure this out. And even that, like, I got to figure this out because, like, what if I didn't? What would that make me, like, you know, a loser? 
that's the kind of language we use, right? It's like, if you're not a winner, you're a loser. So I was like, oh, like crap. This is a lot of stuff to, to unpack. But in short, those emotions I felt were shame, unworthiness, um, insecurity. I think those are pretty strong words in itself. Um, and I just kind of kept, kept with that. And so fast forward a little bit more, I started um, asking myself, are the things that I wanted um, really right for me? And it's not even the really old traditional model of like go to school, you know, get married, get a, get a home or get a high paying job. Like at that time, it wasn't even in that radar. I was like, you know, the digital nomad life was what I was trying to strive for, which is just another trend of, of how we're supposed to feel successful um, in our generation. Entrepreneurship path, like, you know, if you have a great idea or, you know, you find your passion, quote unquote, you should turn into a business. Like that's what everybody's like saying nowadays, right? And if you're not turning into a business, like what are you doing? Working nine to five, slaving away like a sheep? Like that's some terrible lingo. And I realized I'm like, when did I choose that uh, narrative? I didn't choose that narrative. And like, who is someone to tell me like what's going to be best for the way that I am and the combination of how I, I make it? And I started getting frustrated and I started really like questioning every kind of choice. And you know what? I even started favoring people who were nine to five. My ex once said something to me where, you know, I was very frustrated. Like, don't you want to change the world? Because, you know, that's a whole nother narrative that, you know, we keep replaying to, to give us a sense of purpose. And he said to me, well, you know, there's people who go out there and change it. And then there's people who live in it. And I was like blown away at the time. I was like, oh my God, how could you say that? But, you know, as time went on, I really started to understand like what, what he meant by that. And particularly when, um, he told me that his passion was family. He's like, well, yeah, of course. Like, you know, in your family, you've got different priorities, you've got different goals, you've got different dreams, you've got different needs and different wants. And not everyone's dreaming my dream. And if they did, you know, it, that's just more competition for the same thing, you could say. So it wasn't really in my favor for everybody to be wanting or needing the same thing or living life the same way, you know, achieving the same kind of success. So I was hitting a lot of walls and finally I just gave up and I was sitting in the forest one day after traveling through Costa Rica for six months trying to make this, you know, digital nomad transition. And then in Bali, the, you know, the, one of the hotspots for digital nomad life, also trying to make that transition, just failing, you know, just not working. I couldn't even function. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm still sick. Like, ugh. And then we stopped by in India for like six weeks, which was a nice, you know, just break from doing and really just like um, mellowing out in this beingness, like, right, who am I? Like, regardless of what I do, like, who is this person that's worthy and, um, you know, safe regardless of what she does or does not do. And then we landed in Denmark and here I am in Copenhagen making this podcast right now for you to listen to. And it was here that I realized um, it was time to grow up. It was time to mature. It was time to be um, a voice for this experience. And what this experience is, 
a person who's been tired of reading all the success um, stories from people who are like light years um, ahead or in a different direction um, of how they made it. And yes, there's some things that you can replicate in terms of habits or mindset and these things, but, and that are important, you know, behavior, sure, you know, we have kind of similar aspirations or, and, you know, feelings of ambition, but truly we all have different lives and different paths, different cultures, different challenges. And so we're going to need different things. And most importantly, no one was talking about anyone in between in those in between phases or anyone that was just happy not striving for what we see in the media there's just like so much of this area that's not openly spoken about and I was tired of feeling like you know what I what I do in my life isn't enough that if I'm not you know striving to be the next like Oprah or Elon or you know even Tim Ferriss it's like you're not making it. And I just don't think that's true anymore. Of course, sometimes it's nice to be motivated by, you know, people who are just in a different stratosphere. But the reality is, you know, not everyone's going to live that life. And if we don't, we shouldn't be be less for that. And so those are the stories. Those are the conversations I, I really want to bring out. Um, it's also a bit of a healing for me, a continuous healing for me, a reminder for me that like, my life is really, really good and I am making an impact. And if I wish to grow that scale, that expand that, that is possible. But there shouldn't be a moment in which I doubt my sense of uh, purpose and the culture, the work culture that I need to feel um, holistically successful. And that's that's the whole point. I want to redefine success with these stories of people who are making it in their own lives in their unique, authentic way, whether it's nine to five, you know, working a corporate job, but at home really being like fulfilling that family passion or someone who is like a digital nomad is like, you know, never wants to settle down or buy property or something like that and just happy to move around. Whatever the combination, whatever the shape and form, the story, there should be room for all of it. And I think this is what we really need to help align people back to their true calling in life, where they can feel a sense of purposefulness in what they're meant to do and not necessarily have to turn it into a business for it to be considered successful. And this is the different work cultures I'd like to bring forward to inspire another generation where they're striving because they're striving from the heart they're striving from their soul and it's not because someone else placed that blueprint in there for them so this is a summary of making it and along the way from interviews with other people I will share more about my own experience um, my thoughts my feelings along this way that I discovered about these different milestones that you kind of got a taste of in this uh, episode if you're liking what you're hearing you're feeling inspired you're feeling you know thoughtful even even triggered you're just feeling like this moved you in some way please rate this you know help this podcast be heard shared with your friends and don't forget to subscribe if it's something that you'd like to hear more of and follow along because 
this ride is going to get real. And in my interviews with other guests, I'm there to help tell their story. But at the same time, I'm there to investigate the truth and investigate how else can we live in this world and how else can we create an evolutionary definition of success where you get to decide what that is. Thank you for listening. And I can't wait for you to listen to the next one.